Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Football Fan Show. Joined, as always, by my co-host, Carlos. Thanks for joining. So we're going to talk about racism in football. The last two weeks in world football, mainly European football, has been absolute madness. It's been ladled with racism. It's 2020, and yet we're talking literally every day about an issue that's happened, and not in the same place, in all different areas. One is to do with a player, one is to do with a team's supporters, and one's to do with a fourth official. How crazy could it get? So anyway, let's talk about the first situation here because we need to get into it. It's getting too much, and I think we need to address it as uh, Sports Fans TV. So first of all, we've talked about Cavani. So this is the message that Cavani sent to his friend. So first of all, for the, the watchers, Carlos, can you just talk through the, the letters that you sent out as a Uruguayan like Cavani um, about this situation? Just let everyone know what the situation is. Well, the, um, the advantage I have here is that I'm a Uruguayan who was brought up in England. So I know both mentalities and both cultures. Um, uh, I, 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 sometimes I can be as English as you can get, yeah. but I'm still a Uruguayan. Yeah. Um, so I know what happened here, and I know why uh, people or some people were upset. Um, in order to understand what Cavani did. You see, we're talking about racism. I think this is not a case of racism. This is a case of uh, a bad interpretation of what went on. If you crossed out <coughs> the word negrito and replaced it with mate, friend, chum, mm. that was what Cavani said. Mm. You see. The fact that the word can be literally translated in a particular manner mm doesn't mean that that is the meaning that the word has in that context. You see. Yeah. Um, what I will say is that, for instance, uh, the word blue in English can mean the color. Yeah. Or it can mean that you're sad. Yeah. It means sad. Mm. So it, blue is not always the color. Mm. Although Chelsea can say it is. But <laughs> <laughs> But uh, in this sense, in this case, the same thing applies. If you look at the Spanish language dictionary, the official one, the Real Academia de la Lengua, um, Real Academia Española, the RAE, can be, it's, it's on the internet, you can check it. There are 20 meanings to the word negro. I know, uh, so, so why pick on the one that uh, offends people? Yeah. Uh, when obviously that was not what he was saying. See, what I object to in this case is people, there is the friend that he was sending the message to, uh, Cavani. Um, I think I told you that it, it, it's common to call your friend uh, Negro in Uruguay because it means friend, chum. Yeah. Um, anyone who says differently is just talking nonsense. Mm. Uh, I call a Uruguayan friend of mine, uh, Negro, and he's blonde uh, and has blue eyes. <laughs> um, exactly. And I'm not going to stop because some people want to misinterpret the, <clears throat> excuse me, the word. Mm. Um, I think what people have to appreciate is that you cannot try to interpret a word or an expression in a language you do not speak and just pick up on a particular word, give it the interpretation you want, get completely the wrong end of the stick. 
Yeah. That's what's happened. It's yeah. as simple as that. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. And I, and and we've had extensive chats about that. Obviously, um, if you want to get more in depth about it, we've already done a video which you can watch. I'll put the link here. And there's one that uh, myself and Carla's done on the one Spanish. Thing I channels. would like to add because I don't want to appear partisan because Cavani's Uruguayan and so am I. I would not make such a staunch defense of Suarez because I wouldn't be able to really uh, know th that he was innocent. Yeah. There is no way that I would I would uh, go out on a limb and say, yeah, Suarez was innocent. So I, I would not stand up for him. For me, there is serious doubt of what Suarez did. Whereas yeah. what Cavani did is there for everyone to read and we know the meaning, we know what he was doing. He was just saluting a friend and being grateful to him. And that was it. Yeah, exactly. And just to know if anyone is not aware, Suarez is Uruguayan as well. So uh, I think fact, that's- They're both from the same town. <laughs> oh, wow, interesting. Very interesting. So look, this guy, uh, Cavani, great player exceptional player integral to their team um is every if anyone actually does any kind of look at his life and the way he lives he's a humble man um great player and he loves his people he loves everyone there's no intention from him at all and we've talked about it extensively he should not be punished okay so we're kind of working our way up the ladder of the situations here. so Cavani racism definitely not no way and it's funny how things have gone quiet. The, fo the uh, Football Association have been so quiet. They've had uh, another situation to deal with, which has made their life slightly easier and easier for people to focus on that. And we're going to talk about that right now. Millwall Football Club. Look, this club uh, on Saturday, uh, just gone, um, they had uh, people on the team. Everyone took a knee which has happened across the country. Every football club is doing it, taking a knee. They, everyone said they'll do it this season um, and they'll obviously review it as time goes by. Um, some people said they'll review it at the end of the year, as in end of 2020, but majority took a knee. So Millwall took a knee um, for their game um, and against Derby. And uh, some people, as you can see, are standing, but my, the whole of Millwall team took a knee. There was booing from the 2,000 people this is not even a full stand. This is 2,000 people who won the lottery tickets to go to a stadium, probably 25,000, and there was booing, okay? What did you make of all this, first of all, Carlos? Well, I, I, I can't say I was surprised, but I thought it was horrific. Mm -hmm. um, whether, you know, I've heard arguments uh, saying that... Uh, uh, the people were not booing the Black Lives Matter um, um, meaning what the what the uh, what the actual uh, gesture means, but they they were against the political movement. I don't believe that. I think they were using that as an excuse, or that they, it has been used as an excuse after the event. Mm. Because one thing I, I think is important to point out: the Black Lives matter movement is not one single movement with one particular ideology mm. it, it is represented by several groups which come un, comes under the they come under the umbrella of black lives matter mm. and some have one political stance 
and other groups have another. So okay. don't use that as an excuse. Yeah. That's a very poor excuse. I think that obviously people should do what they feel they have to do, whether they take the knee or not. I would most definitely take the knee. Mm. I would do it today. I would have done it yesterday. I'd do it tomorrow. And I'd do it even if um, after the end of the year they decide not to. Yeah. Um, because I think that there is no middle ground when it comes to racism. Mm. I think you have to um, make your position very clear. And mm. you're either against it or you're for it. Mm. Yeah. And that's I why agree. I think it's important to take uh, a position and be an example to the rest of society. 100%. That's why I do not agree with the TV pundits who were talking about taking off the badge, not wearing it. Mm. Because I think, again, as I was saying about the mobile supporters, I think it's a poor excuse to hide behind the political aspect. Mm. Because that's what they're doing. They're hiding behind that to conceal something more sinister, perhaps. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think the thing about it is that people, a lot of people, which has been clear, and we've talked about it offline, um, are quite happy with the status quo. They don't want to deal with the issues. They want to just focus on the football. But football has been racist since the dawn of time. Let's <laughs> be quiet. Um, it was very prevalent in the, obviously, the 60s, 70s, 80s, when football became very popular, um, post-war. Um, but 80s, 90s, uh, all the way up, really, has really, really, really been an issue. Until really the kind of bringing of technology, smartphones came in, obviously, 2010, uh, 9, around that time. Uh, you know, around before 10 years ago, really, these conversations weren't re really been happening um, for, for various reasons, like we've talked about. Um, people didn't want it to affect their career. They don't affect their place in the team. Um, there wasn't enough technology to pick up all of the things like mics, cameras. Uh, obviously, stadiums have got cameras everywhere now. I think as well, like you said, the Black Lives Matter, I think it's easy to hide behind the political uh, leanings in America. We're in England. So like I said, it's easy to kind of pigeonhole. Um, the, the English side of things is very much a different stance to the situation in America because America's in a different circumstance. So um, I, I agree with that 100%. So the thing that about the situation that um, is probably the worst out of all of the situations that I put in Millwall was that it was organized. This was not spontaneous. The players knew before that both sides, and Rooney talked about, Wayne Rooney, who's the interim manager at Derby, um, and Gary Rowlett talked about, that they both knew, who's a Millwall manager, they both knew, and the players knew, that the 2,000 people had organised uh, this booing, because they knew, obviously, they'd take the knee. And, and people have said that there was about roughly about 70% of those 2,000 who booed. So that, for me, it, it shows really where things are at. Um, uh, and what, what do you make of that, an organised booing against something which, you know, People are, you know, free to express themselves, but surely, you know, you've got to respect each other as well. Uh, of course, of course. You see, um, very often you hear that um, attitudes like this uh, come under the umbrella of uh, freedom of expression. I don't think you can use freedom of, of expression to justify everything. 
Mm. Um, there are certain things that I, I, I think should not be included. Um, and if people did not agree with taking the knee, if they did not agree with Black Lives Matter, if they did not agree with the political um, aspects of Black Lives Matter, they could have kept quiet, which is, I think, what they should have done. Um, and uh, but 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 to actually come out and boo it, for me, whether they like it or not, is interpreted as an attack or a criticism of people who are defending the um, the fight against racism. Yeah, absolutely. And I, look, one thing we'd like to say about the situation, because obviously next time around, they said, one thing we'd like to make clear to everyone watching is that we're not saying that Millwall as a whole, as an umbrella of a team and of a club, uh, are not trying to tackle this situation. We're not saying Millwall Football Club is racist. However, they do have a serious problem that they need to address. And, and we've had the stories that they are addressing, they've done, done quite a lot of work in the community. However, the, the fact of the matter is this, and this is the reality of the situation, unfortunately. Majority of the people who support the Millwall Football Club are not in the community. If you really want to address the situation, the mill will need to be dealing with the supporters clubs, okay, as opposed to worrying about the community. I'm not saying you don't get into the community, talk to people, educate people, but the supporters clubs are the people that ultimately got the 2000 tickets for the first game uh, that happened on Saturday. And they're the people who did the booing. So they're the people who need to, you know, get to the root of in the situation. I'm not even going to say that uh, a majority of mill supporters are racist because I don't know that. Yeah, I don't know. I I would like to think that's not the case. Oh. Um, I'm not even telling these people what they have to think and what they have to believe, oh. because you're always going to get racists. Yeah, in any club, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. You because you, you can't force people to think the way we do or the way no. other people do. What I do say is that. Uh, those people should not be allowed back in. Yeah. Yeah. If they want to be racist, they can do it in their own home. <laughs> you know, okay. do whatever you want in your own house. But uh, in a public area, uh, it's, it's, it's not right. It's not right. Um, but look, so let's move on with this. You know, the second game, which happened a couple of days ago, um, they played QPR and they, they all took a stand um, and... Uh, you know, lot times and some some of the guys, well, QPR all kneeled, took a knee, but Millwall didn't. Now, we, let's address this one as well before we move on. Um, them not taking a knee, even though that's what everyone else is doing. What, what's your thoughts on that? I think it was embarrassing. I think they embarrassed themselves because the club and the players sold out and they gave in to the racist element within the supporters. Yeah. Because they did something against QPR that they wouldn't have done had there not been any booing. Yeah. In the previous game. Yeah. Had there not been any booing in the previous game, they would have done exactly the same that they did over the weekend. They would have taken the knee against Derby. They did it and they would have done it against QPR. The reason they didn't do it was because racist supporters booed 
and expressed their dislike of what their players were doing. And what was their response? To kind of try to uh, justify themselves with a banner. Mm. But at the end of the day, they gave in to the supporters and they didn't do what they would have done in any other situation. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think the thing about it, um, the last bit on Millwall, is that this is their motto. And I've heard them sing it at a playoff game. Uh, they you know, because let's be honest, Millwall, unfortunately, is one of the most vilified football clubs in the UK, unfortunately. Um, and that's why they've got this banner. And this is the letter that was set, given to every supporter they walked in. And really, I want to take note of um, the second to last line. The eyes of the world are on this football club tonight, which was true your club, and they want us to fail. Now, how can whoever wrote this assume that everybody wants you to fail? And this is the kind of thing that we're talking about, the kind of us and them, and we have to appease our supporters. Um, because other places, like Colchester, who had an issue as well, some booing, um, the, the chairman came out unequivocally and said, look, if you're racist, if you boo, you're not welcome at the club. We've had none of that from Millwall. So what's your thoughts on that? That kind of us and them attitude? Well, that's the key, isn't it, Malcolm? Um, if you do not come out uh, unequivocally as Colchester did, then you there is room for doubt. Yeah. And as long as you leave uh, uh, the, the window slightly open, people are going to take advantage and come through that gap Yeah. Uh, to express their racism. Um, mm. You have to slam the door shut to these people, mm. make it clear, not only to those who have already expressed themselves in this manner, but those who might be thinking about doing it. Yeah. And yeah. I think Colchester did that. And I'd like to think Millwall will. Yeah. And you know, we were, we're positive about what has happened with Millwall take uh, with the band, but they, there needs to be more, they need to address it. Um, in a very robust way if they want to change the situation and make can Millwall I, I a very positive add, thing. Sorry to interrupt. I, I'd just like to say one thing um, because I don't want to be uh, excessively hard on the club. Yeah. I would say the club, when they told their players, if they did actually tell their players not to take the knee and they came out with the banner, I think they were genuinely and honestly trying to do the right thing. But they made a mistake, in my view. Mm. Maybe other people will think that they did the right thing and that, that it was uh, a perfect um, compromise. Mm. But I don't think there can be compromise in a situation like this, you see. And I do genuinely believe that Millwall tried. Uh, yeah. But I think, they, I think they were wrong. And I think as well, the supporters that were there, the 2000, um, were united in clapping. They didn't have to clap. Uh, when uh, things happened. I don't think it was orchestrated at all. I think they clapped because they felt, and obviously this had happened up and down the country, clapping, just after to try to show some solidarity um, to people when people had taken the knee in other clubs. But I think the fact that they did clap, they didn't have to. Um, and, I, and I watched the, uh, you know, the reel of them because um, I watched obviously the start of the game as most people did and they panned around and everyone was clapping. So that is respectful and that's good. That obviously, with this situation now, unfortunately for Millwall, this is not over. 
people are just waiting. Like they said, you know, they want us to fail. Um, people are just bracing themselves for what happens next when everybody's back in, or at least even half the people are back in. And that's the problem now that Millwall will face, unfortunately, uh, for this season and, and the seasons to come, really. Um, it's, it's something that you probably don't want to be tarnished with, right? You see, um, some people uh, might have clapped because they were supporting the message the, that the banner carried. But maybe we haven't stopped to think that some people might have been clapping the fact that their players didn't take the knee. Yeah. I'm not yeah, saying all, I'm saying maybe, point. and maybe just some of them. Yeah. We don't good. know, we'll never know that, but it's a possibility. Yeah, because they're not going to take the knee again. So um, we, we, we won't really know that. But um, yeah, it's, it's a very murky and grey area. And um, look, we wish Millwall all the best and hopefully they can continue to real the problem. So we've gone from kind of the the no punishment to kind of the middle of the road situation to just out, outrageous behavior, outrageous behavior from Sebastian Kolchescu from Romania, fourth official Champions League game, PSG against Istanbul. Um, and it's just, it's just a scandal, isn't it? That what, what this guy was up to, I mean, um, the one of the assistant managers of Istanbul is a former Cameroonian international. Uh, he referred to him, I think the word was Negru, um, but it basically meant the black man. Um, but as opposed to, um, you know, being respectful, remember all these officials get all the names of everybody, they know everything about the players, they know who's the kind of people to be aware of, uh, the managers to be aware, of. they know all of their names, and yet. He referred to someone whose name is fairly straightforward to say, Pierre Webu, as Negru twice, and then obviously it all blew up. Um, so, what? First of all, what do you what's, what do you make of this and the walking off of the pitch of both teams? This is uh, an issue I'm not one hundred percent sure about because if the uh, fourth referee was being racist, obviously. Uh, that's a scandal. I agree. But I'm not 100% sure that it was in his mind to to to, to be racist. Mm. Um, I think what I've heard people ask is the question, is it wrong to identify a particular person in a group uh, as the black person uh, when everyone else in that particular group is white and therefore they were trying to identify him and he was saying it's the black coach mm. I'm not saying that's right uh, but I'm just asking the question yeah um, good question is and that actually being racist um, maybe he could have found a different way of doing it that's true and yeah. I do recognize that with him being an official it, it, the, the matter is even more delicate but i would say if there was a group of black coaches and there was one white coach and he had to be identified it could be accepted if the fourth official had said i'm referring to the white coach yeah um, look it's funny you should say that because a lot of the um 
black pundits on on uh, the TV channels have not condemned the guy. They've said the way he handled was was wrong, um, and there may be some unconscious bias. He may not have been aiming to be derogatory, but he should have been more careful and thoughtful about what he did. I don't think it's a Cavani situation because obviously he wasn't a friend. He was talking to someone he didn't know. He should be aware of the sensitivities of 2020. He's an official, a man who's holding up to the rules and regulations. Um, but like you said, he was clumsy, but it's almost like the FA chairman situation we talked about where he referred to black people as colored. You know, for him, as in the Romanian guy, um, uh, here, Mr. Sebastian Kolchescu, um, for him, it was quite normal to refer to, obviously, black people in that way for himself, I think. Yes, it was obviously clumsy. Um, being an official uh, makes it even worse. Mm. Um, but I don't think he was aware of what was going to happen or the consequences of his words mm. therefore i would say that uh this is a case of someone not being careful enough and yeah. not being considerate enough but i i wouldn't go as far as to say that this man is a racist i wouldn't tarnish him with that yeah. um, accusation because i don't know the man and i'm very cautious when it comes to situations like this and i think it's very easy to uh quickly point the finger at someone and and make very extreme accusations. Mm. Uh, I wasn't on the pitch. Most of the people yeah. giving opinions about this weren't on the pitch. I don't speak Romanian. Yeah. And there's that to be taken into account as well. I heard Cosmin Contra, the former former uh, footballer for Romania, who um, played and managed Getafe here as well in Spain. And he said that he heard over the microphone what the uh, referee said, the, the fourth official, and that it wasn't scandalous, he said. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very murky area. It I mean, murky area. And I think what we have to do is establish clearly what uh, we consider racist behavior and what we do not consider racist behavior. Because I think the danger with this is that as soon as we see or hear the word black, um, the alarm bells go off. Oh. And I will say something that I know you agree with, and I, I, I always like to stress this. There was nothing wrong with the word. Yeah. There's nothing wrong <laughs> with the word black. It's perfectly Definitely. normal, and and it, there is nothing wrong with, uh, with, with the use of the word. It's how you use it. Oh. And if you want to be derogatory or you want to be insulting, then that would make it wrong. Um, I would look at the um, Cambridge Dictionary and say, under racism, it says policies, behaviors, rules, etc., that result in a continued unfair advantage to some people and unfair or harmful treatment of others based on race. Yeah. Did that happen with this fourth official? I'm just asking the question. I'm yeah, just I mean, look, I mean, uh, it's it's hard to tell. For we we weren't on the pitch, and like he said. Um, ultimately, it will all come out in the investigation, I'm pretty sure. Um, he's the, the fallout has already started, regardless. It's almost like trial by TV, or you know, and we're the jurors, um, because he's already been investigated, already facing a 10 match ban. He's already been taken off all the lists for FIFA, UEFA, 
And he's already said today that he's uh, stepping away from football. So there's so before even an investigation is done, he's already made that step. He's jumped before anything can really be done. Um, obviously, both teams walked off, didn't finish the game. They were supposed to start again at nine o'clock with a different fourth official. They refused. They played the next day. Game was won by PSG 5-1. Um, uh, they wore um, the T-shirts, as I was shown earlier, um, and uh, they took the knee. Obviously, there's hardly anyone there. So it was a huge issue. But like he said, it's very, very, very murky. And ultimately, the whole racism area, which we've covered today, is very murky. And it, it's got to, it's, at least it's been addressed, but it's got to become clearer. I think that's the one thing that, if anything, has come out of our discussion, right? You know, with Cavani, with the booing, you know, there's got to be clarity. Obviously, with the fourth official, there's got to be clarity for everybody. So everybody knows what they can say and what they can't say and know what could be potentially, um, you know, for people offensive. And, and it's not just, doesn't this extend to blacks? No, let's be honest. I would say is that, no, of course, of course. Uh, and there are other uh, issues in society uh, mm. as well that need addressing. What I would say is that um, as a Uruguayan who grew up in England, I know that what Cavani said was uh, uh, had had no uh, racial connotation. But um, as a Uruguayan brought up in England, I would have avoided using the expression because I know that it is very easy for it to be taken out of context and be misinterpreted, you see. So that is uh, on, on the one side. What I would um, also say is, and you know where I stand, with regards to this, you know how, how strongly I feel about uh, racism. Uh, but what worries me, I'm not saying the fourth official is innocent by any stretch of the imagination. All I'm saying is that we cannot condemn him um, unequivocally because it has to be investigated. We have to find out. And, and a lot of things have to be taken into consideration. Mm -hmm. um, what worries me is that in a valid fight against a just cause or in favor of a just cause uh, i should say um we might be taking down people who are not really guilty of the crime oh. and that is what worries me yeah the, the 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 battle has to be fought but we have to take down the right people yes yeah because a lot of them are in the shadows um, and a lot of them have a lot of power. There's the people, that's the, I suppose in some ways, that's what was good about the situation that happened in America, that we know who the racists are, because Americans, for the most part, are quite happy to say if they're racist or not. The, the ones that are in the shadow are the most dangerous, because they're the ones who you don't know, and they could be doing stuff which is um, maybe not overtly derogatory, but... You know, they're just going to do actions which will, you know, favor, um, you know, situations which, you know, hold people back. So, and I'm not just talking, like I said, about black, I'm talking about, you know, people who are homosexual or trans or whatever, or Asian or whatever. So, you know, that's all to be taken into consideration. You see, I, I, what I'm getting at, I suppose, is that I might one day say something that is misinterpreted. Yeah. And I don't want to be tarnished. I don't want to 
have that blemish on me mm. because of something that was misinterpreted. I might have said something in this video that someone would object to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure, in fact, that some people are going to object to some of the things I say, and they're going to take it out of context, and they're going to maybe accuse me of some kind of behavior that I know I'm not guilty of. Mm. Um, th th this is the danger, and, and that's why I want to make it clear. We have a cause, a very just cause, mm. that has to be tackled. And this has to be, as the movement says, kick it out. It certainly has to be kicked out. But what I'm saying is that we can't, um, we, we, we can't misinterpret things to, a, a way, uh, to an extreme that will perhaps be counterproductive to a just cause. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Thank you. That's uh, that's brilliant. And, I, and look, I agree with all of what you said, and I think that that for me there has to be clear lines and then when there's clear lines then people will one be educated but also understand um where what is offensive what is sensitive you know think about businesses when businesses do international relations or build in international relations they always find out what words or what kind of you know things will be offensive to others, like shake of your left hand instead of your right hand, because right hand is what people find respectful, left hand is shown as being disrespectful. And it's things like that, and that's what we need. That's what people need to understand. And I think it's an education of anybody involved in sport. Um, it's not it does, It's not just football, it extends to all sports. So, you know, there's talk of cricket, there's been a lot of issues with that, and other sports as well. So um, without a shadow of that, it's something that's going to be going on, I'm sure we revisit again. Oh, yeah. at some point carlos football um, is a reflection of society yeah it's not alien to society it, it's no. a reflection of society and if there is racism within football it's because there is racism within society yeah now there's probably more than we realize because most people who are racist will keep it quiet yeah they're not going to openly come out and say so uh and if they, they don't keep quiet because they believe that they're wrong. They keep quiet because they are worried about the punishment. Yeah, consequences, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so this is what we're dealing with. And um, and ultimately, this is what we have to correct in, in not just in football, yeah. in society. But football does have a role to play, a very important role. Yeah. And it cannot ignore certain situations. Now, I think it did well in standing up to what happened yesterday if in doubt i think they did the right thing mm. and i think the teams also did the right thing um because they had to make a decision there and then didn't they yeah so if as as i said if in doubt you know go towards what they did and mm. not just play as if nothing had happened mm. then maybe um uh, the investigation and uh, mm. and and, and um, interviews with uh, the fourth official and with people who are surrounding him will result in one decision or another. But I think what the players had to do uh, yesterday was uh, walk off the pitch. Another danger, I would say, is that how many people actually heard the fourth official? You know that game where you say something in someone's ear and they pass it on to someone else. And yeah, yeah. By the end of it, 
that Menia is completely different. Chinese whispers, that, they, they, that, they, they used Chinese to... whispers, that's right. That might have happened because I'm sure that the 22 players didn't care that we were a fourth official. No, no. And I'm sure that every time someone passed the message on to someone else, it was worse than it was before. Oh, of course, of course. Oh, now, right. Again, I don't want anyone to believe that I'm defending the fourth official or just all I'm trying to do is bring balance into the argument and say, hey, you know, if he's guilty, then punish him. But we must be prepared for the possibility that he is not 100% guilty. Maybe he is 60% guilty, 70% guilty. Yeah, yeah, no, I appreciate that. Thank you for that, Carlos. And uh, look, it's a wide ranging subject. Uh, and like I said, we will revisit it. And there's, they, we could talk forever about it, really. Um, but we'd love to hear your thoughts on this matter. Um, you know, and just, you know, with the banner as well. Now, let's be respectful. You know, we are giving our views on three incidents that have happened in quick succession. Um, we're not saying we're necessarily always right, but we thought we'd give our opinion and give you an opportunity to give your opinion as well. Um, I think, you know, what we've said has been crystal clear, but also I think we've given both sides in a nice balance. So let us know your thoughts on the situation of the racism within football, ultimately, um, and what you think about these three incidents. Thanks as always, Carlos, always a pleasure. Um, and thank you for listening. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe and let us know your thoughts, some nice thoughts about what uh, we've talked about. Um, and thank you for watching the Football Fan Show.